this podcast from Jubilee Church Derby, a church family looking to make a difference across the city of Derby and beyond. This is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations, and you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Careless, but never mind. Um, these things happen. <laughs> Uh, my name's Graham, uh, I lead the team that leads Jubilee, it's great to have you with us this morning. If you're visiting particularly, good to see you, thank you for being with us. And uh, we're on a preaching journey through the book of Acts, and we've got to Acts chapter 3. So if you'd like to grab a Bible and turn to Acts chapter 3 please, turn or scroll, whatever is your, uh, your preference these days. And the last time we looked at... The beginning parts of Acts chapter 3. And uh, you'll see it if you've got it uh, in front of you there. Uh, we looked at the healing of the, uh, the man who had been lame from birth. And uh, there's the account there, a beginning of Acts chapter 3 that we, we looked at together. And uh, if you're with us, you may remember that we had a number of questions that we asked. Number one, where have you settled? Number two, what do you have? Number three, how do you walk? And number four, what will you do? And I suggested that you might like to look at those in life group. Anybody do that? Oh, excellent. That's really good. Was that helpful? You had some good answers? Some of you did. Excellent. Very good. So um, there will be some more questions you consider this morning, or maybe some things that you can think about this week uh, as well. So, those of you who are leading parts of small groups this week, you can take some notes as you go. But the second half of Acts chapter 3, which we're going to look at this morning, unsurprisingly follows straight on from the first half of Acts chapter 3. So it's profound, isn't it? Do you learn things like that, Brad? The second half of the chapter follows on from the first half. Didn't learn that. Never mind. Well, you've learned it this morning. There we are. And so the second part of Acts chapter 3 follows directly on. And we get to see what happened next. It's like the first part of Acts chapter 3 was the healing of the lame beggar. Uh, and then that's all there was time for in this week's episode. There was the do, 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 do. That was that week's episode done. And then we pick up the story next time, which is what we're doing this morning, at verse 11. And it's the continuation of the same story. So we've read about the healing of the man who was lame. And now we pick up the story, verse 11 of Acts chapter 3. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed and you disowned him before Pilate, though he decided to let him go. 
You disown the holy and righteous one and ask that the murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything, as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses says, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. Indeed, beginning with Samuel, all the prophets who have spoken have foretold these days. And you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your presence. And we thank you now for your word. And we pray, God, as we spend these moments together looking at it, that, Holy Spirit, you would be our teacher. That we would not only understand what we've read, but, God, you would apply it to our lives. It would come and do us good now. We ask it, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we're going to spend some time looking at this uh, passage together in the time we've got available to us this morning. And uh, bearing in mind, it follows on directly from, as we said, the beginning of Acts chapter 3, the healing of this guy who'd been lame from birth. What do we learn from this passage that we've looked at this morning? Well, number one is this. Number one, miracles attract attention. Miracles attract attention. So do you notice immediately after the miracle, immediately after this guy who was lame has got up and started walking, suddenly a crowd gathers. I mean, think about it for a moment. You see, miracles attract attention. And they know this guy, don't they? This is somebody they have walked past maybe for years. Maybe they would have seen him at the same point, probably at the same place, begging on a daily basis. They, they recognize him. They recognize him as the guy who had been crippled, who was lame, who couldn't walk. And they suddenly see him. There he's up and dancing and walking and singing and praising God together. And we said the other time, didn't we, that he's singing that song where he's walking and leaping and praising God. Oh, can't even join in. Oh, dear me. So he's there, he's walking, he's singing, he's leaping, he's praising God. He's thanking God that before, just a few moments ago, he could not walk. And now he's up on his feet, running about, praising God, no doubt, at the top of his voice. 
And guess what? A crowd gathers. This attracts some attention. It's not a surprise, is it, really? Think about what's happened. Suddenly now there's a crowd that is looking to see what's going on. And it's actually true in Jesus' ministry as well, wasn't it? Think about Jesus' ministry. I mean, for example, Mark chapter 2. We can read of uh, an occasion in the life and ministry of Jesus. It says uh, in the beginning of Mark chapter 2, a few days later when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard he'd come. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Why were they gathering? Well, they'd seen what Jesus was doing, hadn't they? They'd heard about him. They'd seen miracles. In Acts chapter 2, you've got the, the great uh, miracle of this, this crowd gathering in to hear Jesus and some, some guys bringing in, some who's lame on a mat and carrying him in and ends up making a hole in the roof of the house and lowering him down. I've always wondered, how would I feel if I was the guy who owned the house? Thinking, you're making a hole in my roof. I'm really pleased that this, this guy's going to be healed and all that, but I've now got a hole in my roof. But anyway, he's lowered down, isn't he? And he's healed. And again, there's great rejoicing and, and celebration and more crowds gather. But listen, Jesus didn't just do miracles just to gather a crowd. Crowds gathered to hear his teaching as well. We, we read about that in the Gospels. Crowds gathered to hear him teach. And we're told in the Gospels very clearly that Jesus was moved by compassion, not just the desire to gather a crowd. We need to understand that. So Mark 6, verse 34. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. It's important to see this. Miracles, crowds gathering, this was not just a clever marketing strategy of the Lord Jesus. He was moved by compassion. He was motivated by love. He was led by his Father. We're told that Jesus only did that which he saw his Father doing. So this is not a marketing strategy where he sat in a room with his disciples with a whiteboard saying, guys, how are we going to reach them? And they come up and go, well, let's do some miracles, Lord, and that'll gather a crowd, and then you can teach, and then we'll go, off we go. No, 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 none of that. It's moved by compassion, a deep love for people, motivated by that, led by his Father. But miracles do attract attention. They're a sign of the kingdom, aren't they? They're a sign that God is at work. A sign of God's kingdom breaking in in the here and the now. That which is what's going to be in the future when Jesus comes again, we get a foretaste of it now. Don't see it in completion, but more and more we see it breaking into everyday life now. That's what miracles are. They're a sign of the kingdom, evidence that God is at work. But unless they're explained... Unless they're explained clearly, they're nothing more than a, wow, 
but just an unexplained event. They need to be explained, communicated. People might be left wondering or confused without that explanation. It's been said, isn't it, that signs and wonders are signs that cause people to wonder. And that's true. But as soon as they start wondering, we need to show them the answer to the questions that they're starting to ask. So I wonder for us this morning, for you and I as we sit here gathered in this place, are we expecting God to move in power? Is that your expectation this morning? When you got up or whatever time it was, when you were getting ready and making a decision to, to be here this morning, at the forefront of your mind, is there an expectation that God is going to be at work? That miracles might happen? That God is going to speak? That lives are going to be transformed? And that heaven is going to break in? Because that's what we read about in this book, is it not? So what should our expectation be for us as we gather? Or is it just that, well, it's Sunday. It's, I'm not, it's not Monday to Friday. It's not the Saturday, so it must be Sunday. So it must be time for church. And that's sort of what I do on Sundays. So you get up and you, you get here and it's like, well, it's just it's what I do on Sundays. Oh, friends, are you expecting God to move in power? Because it seems that as you read through the Bible, wherever Jesus went, something happened. And increasingly, as you read through the New Testament, wherever the apostles went, wherever the church was at work, something happened. God was at work. The kingdom of God was breaking in. Don't you want to see that more and more? I want to see that more and more. So let's, let's understand, miracles attract attention. But secondly, they don't just attract attention. Miracles attract questions. Number two, miracles attract questions. So you can see there, if you've still got your Bible open, in verse 12, Peter says to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us? Clearly people were curious, weren't they? They'd just seen this guy healed. A few moments ago he was lame, couldn't walk. Now this person they'd walked past every day probably, they knew to be lame, knew couldn't walk, was up singing, rejoicing, running about, praising God probably in a loud voice. They're curious. They don't know what's going on. They attracted some questions. So miracles not only attacked, attract attention, they attract questions. The miracles open up people's hearts and cause questions to be asked. Sometimes these are questions that people didn't even know they really had. Sometimes it can expose deep-seated questions that individuals have been wrestling with for years. I wonder if Jesus were to be with us this morning, and I know he is. Okay, so before I get that, before you say, before you say that, I know he's here. But if Jesus was in front of us in human bodily form this morning, 
and he performed a miracle right in front of your very eyes, what question would it cause you to ask? I thought about this this week. I think it would cause me to ask some questions. I think I'd probably be asking a question, Lord, why couldn't I do that? Because you said that we would do what you've been doing. That's making the assumption that maybe I'd prayed to start with, of course. Actually, the disciples asked that question once, didn't they? When they couldn't cast out an evil spirit, and Jesus came and did, Lord, why couldn't we do that? That would probably be the sort of question that I would ask. I don't know what question would you ask. Would it be a, wow, how did you do that? (laughs) Maybe it would be a, Lord, why did you do that? Or, Lord, what do you want to teach us? I'm sure it would attract some questions. But listen, whatever question a miracle might attract, (coughs) number three, questions need answers. Questions need answers. Do you notice in in the text here we read in in chapter 3 of Acts, do you see what happens? Peter and John, (coughs) they're going along, this guy is healed because they say, get up and walk in the name of Jesus. A crowd gathers. What does Peter do? Immediately, he takes the opportunity to preach the gospel. Let me explain to you what's going on. Let me tell you what has just happened. Let me show you what, what's gone on, just right in front of your eyes. Immediately, as soon as the crowd is there, asking some questions, staring, wondering what's going on, Peter's right in there taking the opportunity to preach. I mean, what else would you do? Something supernatural has happened. You've got a crowd around you asking questions, and questions need answers. Preaching the gospel seems the most natural thing in the world to do in this moment, isn't it? And that's what Peter did. That's exactly what he did. I want to play you a a short video. If somebody can get the lights for me, please, who's up in that general uh, direction. And uh, this is a story, it's a testimony of of God at work in the life of this guy, who I think is called Chad. And um, we'll comment on it afterwards. So let's run the video. Thanks, James. Well, uh, one night when I uh, was living in Reading, Well, uh, one night when I uh, was living in Reading, I got off work, working at a restaurant, and like any other 23-year-old, I have a fifth meal and about 10.30 at night, and I uh, went over to a grocery store to go get some donuts. And I was walking in, um, I was passing by the cash register, and this lady was paying for her groceries, and I saw that she had hearing aids, and I thought, it's always a green light when you see crutches, people in wheelchairs, hearing aids. Just go up and ask if you pray for him. So I approached the lady, asked her, hey, can I pray for you really quick? And she's like, oh, that would be nice. And then she starts leaving. I'm like, no, 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 like right now, can I pray for you? And she's like, okay, why not? And I say, hey, why don't you just take out your hearing aids so we can see if God does anything. We'll know, we can see a difference right away. And so she takes out her hearing aids. We begin to pray for her. And the cash register girl, the cashier lady, she's watching the whole thing, you know, unfold. And uh, we begin to pray for her. And I said, okay, I'm going to take a couple steps back. You just repeat after me if you could hear me. 
And so, you know, she's, you know, facing the other direction and I'm taking steps back like, hello, my name's Chad, my favorite food's pizza and donuts. And she's repeating this till I get about 25 feet away and she realizes that she has full hearing. She actually has better hearing than the cashier has. And the cashier is like in her late, you know, teens, early 20s. And so she starts crying because her ears opened up. She was 90% deaf in one ear, 80% deaf in the other. And the cashier lady is crying as well. And suddenly, right when that happens, I just feel this wind on the back of my neck and I get downloaded with all these words of knowledge of what God wants to do in the grocery store. And you know, I didn't have this, I was just going in there hungry. I didn't have this before. And so I go to the cashier and I say, this is totally God, this isn't me. I mean, God just totally you know, opened this girl's ears, but God wants to do more in this grocery store. Is it all right if I get on the intercom and just share you know, and, and uh, call out some words of knowledge? And she's all, yeah. So she shows me how to use it. I say, attention all shoppers. You know, God is in the building. And, uh, and I begin to just tell what God's doing. And I had a lady that got healed. She shared uh, what happened to her. And so I just started calling out words of knowledge. Said, come to checkout 10. Uh, people started gathering around, about 20, 25 people. And it was amazing. And this one lady came with a motorized car and said, do you think God could really heal me? And I said, of course God can heal you. He's the healer. So I began to just, just explain a little bit about the gospel, about healing, signs and wonders. And then I had the lady that just got healed from her uh, ears pray with me. And I said, this is, you know, Matthew 10, 7 and 8. You know, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The, the sick get healed. The dead get raised. Freely received, I freely give. And it was her time to, to give away the kingdom when she just received it earlier. So we began to pray uh, together, and she, I asked the lady in the motorized cart, she uh, was getting prayer for her hip. She is going in for hip replacement surgery. And she moves her hip a little bit, and she goes, oh, and I was thinking, oh my gosh, like, is she in pain? And, I, and that's what I'm thinking in my head, and I asked her, what's going on? And she's like, that used to hurt before. And I said, okay, we'll try to do something else. So she gets up, she begins to walk, and then go into this little jog. She begins to scream out, Jesus has just healed me. Jesus has just healed me. The whole place goes crazy. They all start like, you know, hooting and hollering. I mean, this isn't like a church, this isn't checkout aisle 10. And this guy in the back starts pushing people. And I'm thinking this guy is coming to like beat me up. He has a problem with this. I don't know. So he, and he's shaking his like fist at me and he gets up to me and I'm like getting ready to defend myself. And he says, my, my wrist, I have carpal tunnel on my wrist. I've had it for two years. Will you please pray for me? And I said, of course. And then I said, you know, while I'm praying for you, why don't you just move it around just to see if something, you know, shifts or changes. He's moving around. He goes, oh my gosh, they're on fire. They're on fire. Well, like, oh, that's good. They're, you know, heat's a good thing. And so he's like, oh my gosh, there's no more pain. He starts crying and he begins to explain to me that he plays the piano, he teaches and he performs and that's how he makes his money. And he's been in total pain doing this. And now they don't hurt anymore. And he was coming into the grocery store tonight saying, wouldn't it be great if all the pain in my wrist left today? And so I decided, hey, you know, the, the kingdom just showed up. It'd be a good idea to introduce the king. And so I just told everybody, you know, Jesus didn't just die on the cross for these people to get healed, but to have a personal relationship with, with you. And that you could ha be best friends with the creator of the universe. And just gave a real simple gospel message. And I said, who wants that? Who wants to be best friends with the creator of the universe? And people's hands just came up. And I just led them to the Lord, prayed for them. And I walked out on cloud nine for getting my donuts. But it was a fun night. Isn't that a great story? I mean, I love it for so many reasons. You know, it wasn't like it was on a ministry trip 
He'd just gone to get donuts. It wasn't even that particularly God had spoken to him beforehand. He just saw somebody with hearing aids and thought, aha. And then he prays and God gives him some other stuff as well. I mean, I love it. Here is somebody who is open to being used by God on a simple shopping trip. Not organized, not prepared other than being open to the Lord. <laughs> but God spoke. And I love the fact that you know one person's healed, but he doesn't stop there. He's like, right, let's keep going. <laughs> this is great. And you know, getting on the intercom. I mean, normally it's like supervisor, check out 10, please. This is anybody get healed, check out 10, please. It's wonderful, isn't it? I mean, it's amazing. And a crowd gathers, asking questions. What does he do? Preach the gospel. See, people ask questions, and friends, questions need answers. I mean, I'm, just, I'm just wondering in this moment, <laughs> even before we, we, we press on, is there anybody this morning who is in pain right now? Raise your hand if you can do that. One, a couple. Okay, can we get some guys around? Chopin and Dan, I'm going to pray right now. You might want to move quick. And um, let's pray right now. Because God's here, isn't he? We've said we're expecting that God is here. He's going to turn up. So we can expect, even in this moment. Father, right now, in this moment, let's, let's pray together. Right now, Lord, in this moment, I want to thank you for our brothers and say, God, would you come in Jesus' name? And we speak to pain and say, pain, go in Jesus' name. Any infection or inflammation, be gone in the name of Jesus. That which is causing pain or discomfort, let it end right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you that we've just seen a great story about the King of the universe breaking in. And thank you, Lord, that it's your kingdom. <laughs> thank you that it's you we worship. And it's you who heals. We love you for it, Lord. Thank you, God. Wonderful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Amen. You feel free to carry on praying for a bit if you want to. Just see if God's doing anything. And seeing what's going on. You can carry on. We're going to keep going. You carry on praying if you want to do that. So we've said that questions need answers. And that's what we saw in the video and as Chad was praying and then speaking to people, people are asking questions, so he just goes for it, preaches the gospel. So people have questions, but questions need answers. So let me ask you a question right now. Would you know what to say? Would you know what to say? Could you give the answer? So people's questions, some a situation like that, would you know what to say? Would you know how to respond? 
Do you notice that as in the passage we read in Acts, Peter connects what's going on now to history that people know. So they knew, they knew about the Old Testament guys, they'd read about that. And so he connects what God was doing right then with what they knew and what they could relate to. He connected with what God had already said in his words. See, people need to understand that the God we speak of now is the same God who is revealed in this book, revealed in Scripture, the God of time and eternity, as we sometimes sing. And the God who we read of, pray to, hear from, step out in obedience to, is the same God they can read about in Scripture. The same God of the Old and the New Testaments. The same God that our biblical heroes worshipped and followed. And guess what? He's interested in you right now. So we're emphasising the prophetic, we're emphasising the, the supernatural, and that's right. But listen, in Acts, Peter knew what to say. He knew how to put it. We've said that about Chad already. He knew what to say. So let me ask you again, would you know what to say? So here's my challenge for life groups this week. Why not practice what you would say? Could you succinctly and clearly explain the gospel to somebody in somewhere around about three minutes or so? Now, I know, I know you can't get everything in in three minutes. You know, I know you cannot refer to every Old Testament prophecy about the coming of Jesus. I know you can't fully explain everything you know to be true from God's Word. I know you can't explain everything you might want to communicate, but can you explain enough? In, I don't know, three, four minutes, five minutes maybe tops, to be able to lead somebody to a place who's asking questions to helping see the answers and introducing them to the creator of the universe. There's always time for more. People go on an alpha course after that. That's okay. You don't need to do 12 sessions of alpha before somebody can make a response. Particularly if they've seen God at work, they're asking questions. Friends, questions need answers. Would you know what to say? Could you do it? I want to encourage you. This week, practice it. Make some notes. What are some of the things that you would say? What might you leave out, actually, as well? But what are the key points you want to communicate about a creator God who loves us, about how we rebelled against him, but God had a plan and sent his son? You know, you know the sort of things to include. I want to encourage you, practice that. So you can communicate answers clearly. And remember, in moments like that, the story we, 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 just, we just saw on the video, Chad hadn't got 30 minutes of sermon time. You know, he hadn't got people who sat down, ready to listen and get comfortable for 30 minutes or so. He had probably had two or three minutes to make the most of the opportunity while people were there and listening. And it was long enough to point to the Creator, God, who loved them and explain how he loved them and wanted a relationship with them. And they could respond even in that moment. 
Wonderful, isn't it? Wouldn't it be good to have some stories from, from our community like that? So often, I, I, I'm guilty of this. I think we can almost like subcontract stories like that off to, you know, maybe uh, some of the guys that go out on the streets. So, so Derek and John and Ryan, maybe others. We think, oh, they'll get stories like that because they go out on Saturday mornings and that's when stories like that happen, on Saturday mornings. No. He just went donut shopping at, was it, 10 o'clock at night? Just happened to be in the store. Happened to see somebody with hearing aids thinking, I know a God who loves to heal. So it wasn't like it was on a, on a trip. It wasn't like it was a, they got ready for that. He was just open to God using him. Wouldn't it be great if we were that open to God using us? I want to encourage us and, and challenge us. Let's be open to God leading us in ways like that as well. Not just contract it out to the, the guys on Saturday morning. Listen, we are very grateful for you guys that go out on Saturday morning. Let me make that really clear. And let's keep doing that. We need to keep doing that. But it's not, this is for all of us, yeah? This is not just for a few. This is for all of us at every time, at every moment. So, what were we saying? We were talking about questions. Our questions need answers. And answers lead to repentance. So the gospel is good news. Do you believe that? It really is. The gospel is good news. It does still work. Don't believe people that say it's not relevant anymore. It is totally relevant. God's word is living and active and alive right now. And as people begin to understand the Holy Spirit does his work and leads people to repentance. Without the Holy Spirit at work, it's just words. But with the Holy Spirit at work, it's life to people. These words are powerful. They lead people to repentance with the internal work of the Spirit. And the repentance then leads to experiencing of relationship. We've sung this morning, haven't we, about being sons and daughters. We've spoken about that. This is what it leads to, friends. Experiencing of relationship. But you know what? God is calling more people into relationship with himself. It's not just about us who know that already. But actually, he wants to call more people into relationship with himself. In an auditorium like this, there are some empty seats. And you know what? They're for people that God is calling into relationship with himself. You know, it only take each of us to invite one or two people and suddenly we'll be saying, I'm not sure there's enough room. That would be a fun problem to have, wouldn't it? That will keep the trustees on their toes for a little while. But listen, God's calling people into relationship with himself. I wonder, are we open and seeing what God is doing? So answers lead to repentance. And then last one. Repentance leads to refreshing. Repentance leads to refreshing. Verse 19. 
Peter says this, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Repentance leads to sins being wiped out and times of refreshing coming from the Lord. Peter calls for a response, doesn't he? That's what he does. He challenges people to respond. He calls people to repent. See, sometimes you just have to call people to a response. They've heard the good news. They've heard the message. Now, well, what do I do? I need to repent that your sins might be forgiven and times of refreshing might come from the Lord. Before I did this full-time, I spent many years working in sales. And over the years, I have sold all sorts of things. Not second-hand cars or double glazing. But I've sold lots of things. I've sold things from washing machines to mobile phones back in the day when they weren't really that mobile at all. They are more just like phones. Um, to, uh, to, I don't know, keyboards, other instruments, uh, PA and, uh, and video gear. And um, so I've sold all sorts of things over the years. And it was always important that no matter what I was selling at that moment in time, whether or not it was something that I was particularly interested in, and I can assure you that phones and video equipment were more interesting than washer dryers and uh, other such things. But regardless of what they were, I needed to know my products. I needed to know what they did. I needed to know what their features and benefits were. I also needed to understand my customers. I needed to understand what their requirements were. What were their needs? What did I have that I was selling that could meet their needs and help solve the issue that they had right there and then? I needed to build a relationship with my potential customer so that he or she felt at home talking to me and built a bit of a rapport and hopefully they would, would buy something. I needed to talk to them about the products. I needed to hear and to understand and then overcome any objections they might have that would prevent them purchasing the said product at that particular time. But listen, there comes a point where anyone in sales has to ask for the sale. Do you not agree? <laughs> you train people on this. <laughs> you actually get to a point where you've got to ask for the sale. All the relationship, all the product knowledge, all the requirements, all the features of benefits are great. But unless you ask for the sale, they'll probably just walk out and go buy it from somewhere else. You have to make the ask. You have to make a call to action. And I've known people over the years who, who you would think would make great salesmen. And they knew their products, they were great with people, but a really good rapport, could overcome any objections that might be thrown at them, but they never asked for the sale. And guess what? They never got it. Because they didn't call people to action. 
So if I can answer the questions you have and show you how this product will meet your needs and overcome these uh, objections you might have and show how your requirements can be met by this, will you like to order it today? So are you going to place an order today? Or you might go straight for the alternative close, which is, so how would you like to pay for that then? Watch out for that next time you're in currents. See, without the call to action, everything else is pointless. All the, knowledge, all the knowledge, all the understanding doesn't lead anywhere. You have to make the ask. And guess what? Same is true here. Sometimes you've just got to make the ask. What does Peter do? He calls people to repent. Repent then. You've seen God at work. You've seen what he's done. I've explained to you the good news of the gospel. So now he calls for a response. Repent then and turn to the Lord, that your sins might be wiped out and times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Now we understand that what it is to have our sins wiped out. Peter's referring to our trusting in Jesus, him dealing with that at the cross once and for all. And as you respond to him, your sins are wiped out, dealt with once and for all. You're transferred from the kingdom of darkness so God's kingdom of light. You're given a new start in Jesus. He deals with your sin. And friends, this morning, if that was true of any of you, that you may have heard this message countless times, you may have even read about it in his words, you've heard friends or family members talk about it, but you have never made that decision for yourself. I want to encourage you, even in this moment, even this morning, that today could be your day for putting your trust in Jesus. Because he calls you to repent and calls you to a relationship with himself. You can do that even today. But Peter goes on to promise times of refreshing that come from the Lord. What does he mean? What does he mean? We see, God promises forgiveness of sin as an experience of the Spirit. Forgiveness of sin and a filling with His Spirit as you're drawn into relationship with Himself. And, and we need both, don't we? We need understanding of God's Word and the experience of His Spirit. We need both. Not one or the other, not Word or Spirit, but Word and Spirit. Understanding and relationship. So we've got here a clarity of preaching, a clear call to repentance, and an encounter with the Holy Spirit. That's God's promise to us. That's what God makes available to us. So as we finish, let me ask you a few questions. Are you listening to the Lord in, to be ready to step out? Are you observant to what's going on around you? So that's a challenging testimony we saw, just seeing somebody with hearing eyes, thinking, oh, I could pray for them. Are you listening to the Lord in order to be ready to step out? Are you making the most of every opportunity? Do you know what to say when people ask questions? And can you make the ask and lead people through in repentance?
Let's stand together. I'd love us to pray as we close our time together. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the passage we've looked at in, the, in your word this morning. Thank you for the guy that was healed and those who put their trust in you on that day because they heard Peter clearly explaining the good news of the gospel. So, Lord, as we've read it and been challenged by it, we pray now that you might use us in that sort of way. God, give us some donut store stories. Lord, would we be alert to what you are doing around us, looking for opportunities to step out of our comfort zone and into what you're doing. And then as we see you move, Lord, give us the clarity and the courage to call people to repentance and to relationship with you, that which they were made for, becoming a son and or daughter of the King of Kings. Lord, thank you that this is not just what we've read happening in times past, but thank you, Lord, it's what you're doing in our day and our time. So, God, will you do it in our church and with us in this city? Lord, here in Derby, in Burton, as we seek to plant there as well, in this area and in this nation, would you be at work? We ask it, please, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for being. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday morning.